Welcome to the Hacktivist Podcast. Conversations that matter. Welcome again to another episode of the Hacktivist Podcast. Um, as usual, my name is Michael and I'm joined by Malik, Atto and Justice. Guys, say hi. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah, and look who just walked in, my wife. Aili <laughs> Aili just wants to join in on the podcast. Aili, are you joining us today for a conversation on Yes. <laughs> you are you don't even know what the conversation is about. <laughs> See, this is how much she loves me. She doesn't care what the conversation is about. She's just gonna join in on the conversation. Alright, so um, I would like to start by first seeing going around and seeing what our perspective on freedom of expression is um, so I like that. let me start with Malik Malik what do you what are your views on freedom of expression do you think it's one important and two do you think there should be limits to it um, personally I think that freedom of expression is something that everyone should have a right to you know so it's something that we should all be able to do um, I think it only becomes a problem when it has, what's it called, life-threatening repercussions. So if, like, some way, somehow, your freedom or the speech that you are uh, doing can re- take away someone's life, then it becomes a problem. So, so as long as... As long as it doesn't put anyone in danger, you're okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Ross, Aileen? Um, I totally agree with um, Malik. However, I would say that, yeah, basically, an expression of what he's saying, where one's freedom begins, ends where another person is. So, um, as much as it should be a right, I do feel that it also comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility should is important sense that what you say first of all um, I feel like even uh, apart from it's having detrimental effects on someone else's rights depending on what you're saying um, it can drown the conversation if you're having too many voices most of which is not even based on evidence or reason mm-hmm. so <laughs> I feel like there has to be some restriction, if not on any conversation, if you are giving everybody the right to just say anything you want, it's bless the conversation, it doesn't, it, and some, some conversations can even take away from what um, the course is about or what the issues are, mm. so I think that, yeah, I'll, should. I'll come back to that, right, I'll, I'll come back to that once I've gone round the table, I have a, I think I have I want to investigate your, your line of thought a bit. Um, Atto? Freedom of expression. Freedom of anything. Um, as long as anyone wants to apply limits to anything, I don't think there really is a freedom to it. So, I don't know. If it's a hard and fast rule, then there isn't really a freedom to it and I think that applies to all the other everything. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's exactly what I think about. 
I see your point. I see your point. Limiting freedom in any way yeah. uh, stifles freedom everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it's either we are it's free or, or it's not. Or it's not. <laughs> All right, Justice. What do you have to say? Um, for me, I don't think um, censorship is necessary. Um, in the sense that once we start talking about censorship, that means we are going to cut certain freedoms, like he said. Mm-hmm. And so, I believe we should. There should be a responsibility placed on everyone to check what they say. Mm-hmm. No matter, you can say whatever you say, mm-hmm. but you know what you say means much more mm-hmm. than the words mm-hmm. that you are true. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, once you are nurtured in that way, you take words seriously. And that, I know there will be people who want to say certain things mm-hmm. because they feel like saying it and not mm-hmm. carry about the repercussions. But I feel censorship in, in anything uh, becomes a problem. Yeah, as, I, I see where you and Ayili were coming from and I perfectly understand the, the responsibility aspect of the of the whole conversation. However, as you also rightfully noted, not everyone would want to toe that line. It 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 will take some form of social engineering or cultural engineering to get us to a point where we respect our fellow man so much that we'll be careful of the words we use around them. It takes but then again, do we want the government knowing what we know about governments legislating speech or expression do we do we, you you are you 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 say oh not everybody not everything should be said right do we want to entrust that particular um control mechanism in the hands of a government definitely governments right now are not perfect there's no perfect government we strive for that perfection, but not. So I wouldn't say that we should throw the baby out to the bathwater just because the systems are not perfect right now. So we can't do it. I think that, um, you know, censorship or, you know, laws that would protect people's freedom of expression and freedom from other people's expression that causes harm either to other individuals, marginalized groups, or to the country as a whole, mm-hmm. or to just yeah, mm-hmm. a, a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. So um, I do feel that laws like against libel laws mm-hmm. or uh, laws to make sure that uh, people don't it doesn't incite hate hate speech mm-hmm. and things like that. There there has to be. I think that there, even if there are laws like that, we have to. Frame it in such a way that it doesn't harm other people, but it doesn't also put too much restriction on the people. Mm-hmm. So we can always, you know, make it evolve mm-hmm. to suit something that makes everyone mm-hmm. happy and, and suits every citizen. Mm-hmm. So that you know that as a citizen, you are protected by that law. Mm-hmm. And um, on either side of the fence that you are, mm-hmm. the law would work fairly. Um, That may be an utopic um, outlook, but then Malik, um, let's come to you. What what, what did you have to say about that? Um, It was just an addition to what Ayelia was saying. (coughs) I think that if we are going to censor, um, on the 
speech and all the communication that happens within, let's say, a country, the power shouldn't be centralized to one body. Mm. Because that would mean that they can literally just control, you know, what goes in, what comes out, everything. Mm -hmm. But if you decentralize the power to say that this is allowed and this is not allowed, mm -hmm. it makes sure that it goes through a more rigorous process, mm. which hopefully could then help uh, better determine whether it should be censored or it should not be censored. Hmm. And again, right, um, I'll come to you Ato, hmm. but we are losing sight of the fact that it will still be in the hands of a government or of a people. So it will be dictated by what a people feel should be said or shouldn't be said. So for instance, if you, you are in a theocracy in, in, the, in any of the Arab countries, right? What will the society would think shouldn't be said will not be about minority groups, but will be about, say, will still be a, like, it will still be a minority group, but it will be about, say, you talking about, about you not believing in God. Then they can say, oh, if you don't believe in God and you say it publicly, you are a terrorist, or you have, you have breached the, the rules that we have established. It, it becomes very difficult because it's all arbitrary. You get it. So if it, and if it's all arbitrary, why do we want to leave it into the hands of any government at all? I don't think we want to leave anything in the hands of any <laughs> government whatsoever. Um, I think fundamentally we're individuals as organisms. We're individuals before we are even uh, social animals, and everything should come back to the individual. The problem is individuals have their own selfish needs and some pursue it better or to more of an extent than other people. And then you come to the social aspect of it. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because in some societies, like you pointed, rightly pointed out, there are theocracies. In some societies, there are democracies. Uh, some societies are dictatorships and whatnot. Yeah, apples and oranges, right? But at the end of the day, you have to realize that societies form as a result of their reality. They form as a result of their reality. And if their reality has happened to get them to a point where a theocracy has functioned for them for this long, mm -hmm. in quotes, allow. Mm -hmm. If it's not functioning anymore and it's causing more problems, maybe what needs to happen is more questions should be posed mm -hmm. to point them in the direction of realizing that your theocracy is not really working anymore. And in, in those areas, right, even asking the questions could be considered hate speech. Yeah. Even, but then, and, and again, and I use myself as an example. If it gets to the point where you should be a victim for the greater good, mm -hmm. maybe you should be a victim for the greater good. <laughs> now, is that not contradicting your... Is that, a, is that not contradicting your idea of individualism trumping um, the, 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 the collective? Yeah, but uh, uh, again, that's, that's humanity. Mm. That, that's what the human condition is about, contradiction, mm -hmm. fundamentally. 
Like, uh, uh, earlier we were talking about uh, the right to believe, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And if you believe and if you can allow that, okay, I can make this sacrifice for the greater good, mm-hmm. no one is stopping you. Mm-hmm. You get me? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. I get you. So, um, sometimes some concessions need to be made for what you believe the greater good is. And between you, I, and the, the next person, it differs widely. Okay, we'll be right back after this. Uh, we'll continue with the conversation and then figure out how far we are willing to go, what we are willing to give up uh, when it comes to our freedom of expression. And now, some voices on today's topic. Hello, my name is Michael. I'm speaking from Accra. Freedom of expression and its limits. Well, we are creatures of expression. I mean, we're born screaming our lungs out. And in fact, when you don't scream, the doctor tries to sort of smack you just so you scream to welcome you into uh, the world, you know. So... We are, creature, we are creatures of expression. Now, I think the discussion is this. Since we all have a sort of collective contract, in order to be a society, we give up some things in order to be a society. I mean, um, otherwise, we, we, might not, we might just as well be savages, uh, living off trees or whatever it is. Once we decide to come together to form a nation, to form a community, there are some things you can't just do. You can't just play your music loud, so loud that your neighbors can't think or do anything. You sort of have to accommodate for that person because that person also has a right to live in the same space that you are. So keeping that in mind, you should understand that, fine, it's, um, there's some things which are natural for us. We would like to speak our mind. We would like to speak our truth. We would like to say whatever comes into our head. But the reality is, once we are a society, we, st- we have to look at the collective contract that we've signed. And if something of ours that we will say is going to cause harm to a certain group of people we, we should find a better way of saying it or not saying it at all of course that there comes another argument that such um thoughts have to be heard after all when we hear it when it's out in the open we're able to condemn it we're able to sort of air it out so that we see that okay so there's the kind of thoughts in this person's head there's there's that argument and i think it it's for the most part it works until it reaches a point where uh, um, that this um, stained argument as it were this stained expressions can influence people who do not have protection do who do not have the shot to know that okay so let me let me filter this stained expression through this and I'm going to see how dirty it is and I won't take part in we are not entirely certain that this shit is always going to be there to protect people. So we might as well sort of preempt that and block that off and say, okay, you know what? Just don't do it at all. We don't care whether people should ask critical thinking or not. Just don't say it. Just don't do it. And I don't think it's it's new. I mean, uh, from right from birth, the, we, we, we learned that okay, certain expressions were not fit for certain situations and I mean you don't go when you're a child and you start crying at a public function your mother's going to pick you and take you out because she recognizes the need for other people to be at peace but also your need to also scream your lungs out because you're a baby so I think that yes freedom of expression should come with certain limits right more 
on the Hacktivist podcast. And we are back. So just before we left, Atu was, was talking about some concessions he was willing to personally make to secure our freedoms of expression. <laughs> some sacrifices on the cross that <laughs> he was going to make. And Malik, Malik wanted to uh, speak on that particular issue. So Malik. Um, yeah, so it's just more of a question than, uh, let's say, like a comment. If, if, like you said, we have to decide what we want collectively to allow to be said within our specific context, right? At what point do we draw the line? Because that same argument can be used to like justify any form of discrimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so you're saying that it should be okay? I'm, I'm saying that we fundamentally do not have any better system fundamentally we we what what do we have apart from the collective like can anyone point me in any other direction i'm not talking democracy is not a collective mm-hmm. i'm sorry it's not neither is uh, socialism neither is capitalism neither is any other collectivism as like as it stands in its purest form we do not have any better system than that and what happens with societies is if the collective is not good enough for you, you move and form your own collective, collective yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. And um, we're, we're in Ghana, we can talk about the Akan and then the Bonos and then the Ashantis yeah. and then the Fantis. Mm-hmm. Fanti fundamentally means Efa Atto because mm-hmm. we did not want, the Fantis did not want to stand on, in quote, oppressive rules by, by the Ashantis who were dominating them. Mm-hmm. You get me? And you, you find that everywhere. The environment was too difficult to live in, so we migrate to another place to form our own society. Mm-hmm. If it's too difficult, you move. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying... But then, this is the problem, right? We, we realized this over 70 years ago, and we decided that, look, we need to make some things... We need to call some things human rights, which will not, which will not be, per se, controlled by the collective. Because we realize that collectives can, you know, mess be up oppressive. sometimes. Yeah. They can be oppressive. Yeah. So we decided that there's, there are some things that no matter which collective you are part of, no matter where you are from, no matter what other dictates your collective will give you, these should not be touched. And, and, and number two of it, I think, is it number two? Freedom of expression. Uh, after um, life, the life. Life, freedom of expression. Yeah. So that's how important it was. Because we realized that if you cannot talk, the collective will never grow. Yeah, here, here's the thing. We 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 created the human rights, right? Mm-hmm. We created it. There's nothing that makes a human more important than a rock. Mm-hmm. Right. I agreed. <laughs> so since we created it, again, it's a group of people who came together and said, mm-hmm. these are the things that we ascribe yes. importance yeah. to. And if you went far back enough, there's that uh, storybook which is called um, the Bible, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there were the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And then those were their human right. rights. Yeah. You, you get me. Yeah. So again, it's kind another construction that yes. we're making. But in this for case, ourselves. right? In this case, right? This construction is based on, you know, established, unalienable truths of the human condition. No, no, I'm coming. Of the human condition. How so? This is this is not about. We can agree, we can argue, and reduce everything uh-huh. to a point where it becomes um, unagreeable totally. Mm-hmm. However, we can set certain principles down as axioms when it comes to human relationships. So we can study human relationships and then realize that look. If we want, if we think that the human race, first and foremost, do we agree that the human race is important to human beings and that we should do everything in our power as human beings to keep the human race alive? So the, the, it's not, that question is, do we agree that every organism finds itself important to keep itself alive? Yes, we agree. But and then in this case, since we find ourselves more important, <laughs> so so uh, then we are putting ourselves ahead of everything else. Exactly. That and yes. that that in itself is unfair. No, I'm because not, I'm not, we no. have we have the guns to be able. I am to, not denying. To, I am to, not to denying, enforce that. Hold on. I'm not denying the faults uh-huh. of the premise of humanism. I'm not denying that. Okay. I'm saying that. At its fundamentals, mm-hmm. if we, we we agree that human life is important, but we don't. No, no, we do. How do we? That is why we have all. It's as important to ourselves as the dog's life yeah, is no, important no. to us. So it. we agree that human life is important to human beings. Does it? And that that that's all. Do, that's yes, necessary. that's all. That's all that's necessary to extract the the, the rest of. And so fuck all else. Yes, okay. exactly. I can curse. Yeah, yeah, but that's the premise. No, no, see. No, I, but I feel like initially that used to be my um, battle kind of thing. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. That meaning. Yeah. Because then, as much as humanism is about that, it's also about how our environment and how we relate to yeah but that's also based on the the premise no no it based on exactly that premise it's for that selfish reason Yes. That's why and we have to love our planet. That's why we love our planet. Yeah. We don't That's need to lo- love the no, no. giraffe for humanity to survive. So no, fuck the no. giraffe then. Yeah, but, but then we have to we, understand that it's part of the We recognize we recognize that biodiversity is yes. important to our survival. Yes. Not necessarily. We can engineer quite a lot. Now, we we well if we wanted to, we could we could engineer then the first question I'll ask you is this. Then we'll go on a break and then we'll come back with Justice and Malik. Why haven't we engineered and got rid of mosquitoes yet? If we can do quite a lot, as you say. Yeah. Why haven't we just eradicated? We, we can eradicate all other species. Why haven't we done that? All the big, big species that we've been... Recently, uh, the last white, white male rhino was... Well, it died. Yeah. Like, I mean... So why don't we bring it back? Now easy to bring it back. Or why don't we? Why don't we get rid of like yeah, let's, let's stick let's with mosquitoes? Get rid of mosquitoes yes. So let's stick with mosquitoes. If we're thinking that we humans are as important and as uh, 
how, how do I say it? in quotes powerful mm-hmm. as we are then you just walk straight into my point of we are just as insignificant as the dog nobody would nobody would disagree with that okay however Uh we are significant as the dog thinks it is significant to the dog okay but the dog Mm -hmm. does not have the guns yes the dog the dog that the dog does not have so this is the thing this is the the, one of the one of the premises of humanism is that because we have the ability to cause change, okay, whether positively or negatively, yeah. right? We should use it for positive. No, no, it's not even saying that. It's saying that humanism should strive for the best of humans. Perfect, perfect. And then when you take humanity as a as a microcosm, mm-hmm. as defined by a group of people, mm-hmm. then. You're saying that the ones with the biggest guns should strive for the best for the ones with the biggest guns. You just confused me and on that, we will take a break. (laughs) We'll come back right after this. This is the Hacktivist Podcast. Coming this August on the Ligon campus is the first ever festival of ideas brought to you by the Humanist Association of Ghana under the theme Challenging the Status Quo. This will be a three-day event that includes workshops, debates, and film screenings around the central idea of power structures and how we can positively affect them. There will be conversations on sex and gender, LGBTQIA rights in Ghana, reproductive rights, mental health in Ghana, science and pseudoscience, arts, religion, and social change. Admission is free. Look out for dates and times on our pages Humanist Association of Ghana on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Welcome back to the Hacktivist Podcast. And we are back. Um, we are going to skip over all of the semantics on what humanism is. And I'm, I'm just going to ask um, Justice. So, um, recently, recently, there, there has been talk of the a new act in parliament, in the Ghanaian parliament, an affirmative action bill. I think this bill has been on the books for ages. Um, um, because of the, our president, our dear Nana Kufuado's, what's the word, kafafo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his, his, his stumbling math syndrome exhibited in, was it Canada? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Because of all the talk and all the backlash from gender activists, um, it has reignited the conversation on um, the Affirmative Action Bill. Now, as part of the Affirmative Action Bill, right, there's a clause in it that basically criminalizes insulting a member of parliament, Uh, a a woman aspiring member of parliament. I, um, I perfectly understand where the framers of the law are coming from because per the research one of the major stumbling blocks that face um, women in aspiring for those positions are the insults and the you know you know the, the full rigor of the patriarchy just comes on them like that and the threats um remember um last year or was it last two years mm. 
when a radio presenter is threatening to rape some judges, female judges. Oh, nice. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And no, I mean nice sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know what happened to them? They got pardoned, yeah. and it was because of a petition by a lot of female, yes, so yeah, female uh, people in power, and this boggles my <laughs> mind, right? Wow. Boggles my mind. It speaks to two things, right? There's already a law about um, insulting the chief justices, or like yeah. uh, there's already something on the books about that, protecting them from you know threats and all of that. In this case, you threaten to like you know debase them basically, which should have at least landed them minimum uh, six months being in someone, but that did not happen, right? Now this new law, I, I just feel like we, with this country, have we have the tendency to legislate without follow through. You, we, we have a history of that. We have the P- Persons with Disability Act, which basically doesn't work. Doesn't a law work. is not a law if you can't enforce it. I'm sorry. So that's the problem, right? You you are going to have we we, we have a case where even chief justices. Right, went through this, jailed the people and they were pardoned because of the politicization of of the issue. Now think of the whole political like during the campaign time when everything is political. All you do, if you know that if you insult this this woman and your party wins and if you go to jail, your president will pardon you. Yeah. Right, and then there's also the aspect where I really want us to discuss, which is. Do we need a legislation legislate like that? Do we need to legislate speech at that level? Knowing very well that laws lead themselves to political sway. Yes, I think that there has to be. I mean, because if we just leave it for natural evolution, it's not going to happen anytime now. And, you know, we can't wait for people's ignorance or uh, their... Uh, uh, not being conscious about their privileges and stuff like that or their patriarchy going on uh, would, would, would change every time now and so the law is definitely important however i'm also very very skeptical about the on, on, on the repercussions that could happen and how people could manipulate make loopholes out of it things like that and maybe i would say um the fact that like during campaigning or something if more women do come into power now it's either going and this is even a short-term thing right it's either going to go two ways for for me in my opinion that the woman will come be in power will be of course there will still be some barriers that will not allow them to perform properly as much or something and if they are not performing it will even cement the belief that yes we allow the woman to do it they didn't do it mm. You understand and still rather reinforce the patriarchy or it could be like oh this is possible da, 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 da. even though there are examples in rwanda and all these other countries that a woman can be in power and just do equally as, as well and change the entire mm. generation or two mm. coming up to think otherwise about women mm-hmm. in women's involvement in anything mm-hmm. and but then with the 
law saying that I mean I'm, I'm I'm hearing this for the first time about um, women standing up to this and even with the issue with our president and the Canada thing with women coming up women in power mm-hmm. coming up to say you know they also politicize the whole thing mm-hmm. that he didn't mean this and that, 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 trying to defend his arguments mm-hmm. and stuff like that I feel like uh, sometimes it's just sad and so you know and can be frustrating for feminists because then it makes it like what exactly are we fighting for you know like we are fighting for us but then not only is it that we are a minority but then even with amongst we ourselves as women you have some which are even making matters worse Mm. for situations like this but then the 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 narrative on on women being their own enemies or on um for instance like this extra burden on women in part to perform right I feel it's it's obvious it's a it's a it's a man's play on yeah. on, on power because it is. It is. men historically have been totally incompetent mm-hmm. when it comes to um, places of power if you look at percentage wise. So I feel like until we give the same number of women that <laughs> same amount of power, yeah. we cannot be casting judgment on them. I I I I I once. Are that they going to think that way? No, that's no, where I'm I, coming from. So, I'm saying I will think that so way. I'm, I'm saying, saying are they going to think? Is, is the the yeah, public going to think? Yeah. That so way? I'm saying what? Or what, is just going to reinforce the picture? What What we should be we should be te- uh, telling the public and teaching the public is that we should allow women to be as incompetent as, as men have, have been historically. You know, we should when we have a, a woman, our first man president, which I, I'm hoping will be next mm-hmm. next month. Um, we should allow her to be as incompetent as our current president and, a, and all the past presidents in my life have been. You, you get it. Until they are as incompetent as then we can we can then start saying, hey, we expect more from you. Or hey, we, we expect you to have done be- better. Until then, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I think we should just, we should just, in order for, the, for it to be true equality, yeah. in, in my opinion, for instance, there should be like nine chief justices at the same time, all women, all performing terribly. <laughs> then afterwards we can talk about oh let's let's balance the equation and then put some competent people there. The, the issue of competence I don't even think we should discuss it. Again, let's go back to our, the, our conversation on on censorship, right? And I just want us to move towards um, um, radio censorship and TV censorship a bit, right? Now. You, you hear on radio, oh, this is a clean version of, of this particular song, where they are trying to clean. But it's obvious the words that have been cleaned out. Mm-hmm. So I, I sometimes ask myself, was it even necessary? Mm-hmm. And then again, I ask myself, who are they trying to protect? Children. Have children specifically asked you that they want to be protected from? They don't have to ask um, do you No, no I'm coming. From it a responsibility yeah, it's, as a it's, society. It's, it's two things. Oh, say that. It's not that it's not for them to hear, but it's not time for them to hear. Hold on, it's, it's two questions I was, I was come to ask. One, why do we feel like we need to protect them from whites? Why do we why do we feel that we need to protect children from whites? And why do we feel that then it, it's okay for if a child cannot say it, so it's okay for an adult to say it? Because a child has not been socialized yet. And a child, uh, any creature that has not been made to understand the rules will go against the rules. And why are there rules in the first place? 
<laughs> on words. Shouldn't the and again, this is just me. But shouldn't the owners be on socializing children to respect each other and not be mean to each other? Rather than socializing children and saying, hey, these are words that you will not get to use until you are 16 or until you are 18. They are going to use it anyway when you are when you are when you are not listening. Because and they, are going, and they don't understand the responsibility that they, no, they won't because then they use it to their friends and their peers and they are mean to their friends and their peers. Well, Whilst we as adults, if you don't expose it to them, how would they be doing that to their adults? You think we live in a vacuum in society? We don't. Your kid sits in a church is listening to morning radio. What do you think he's listening to on these on these um, account stations? What do you think they are listening to? Exactly. So maybe we're actually fighting against our fundamental human nature, which is not as as uh, bright as we think it is. Malik. Um, to add on to what you were saying about the kids, words only have meaning in the context that you place themselves. Like, they're only as powerful within that specific context. Mm-hmm. So if we teach children that this is a word and this is what it means, you know, this can be used for emphasis or this can be used to insult someone, right? Once they understand, exactly, but mm-hmm. once they understand, like, the full uh, depth of the word, mm-hmm. then you can tell them that, however, don't use this word against people because it's hurtful. It's hurtful, exactly. Yes. So the word in itself is not necessarily negative, it's just the way that we use it. Yes. And so therefore, I don't think that children should be limited to what they learn because then you can say that you, yes. know, you can't learn certain things until you're at a certain until point. Exactly. It, 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 this boils down to, again, our previous conversation on sex education. And we're like, oh, you have to wait on. So I'm like, look, as long as you can communicate, I'm, te- I'm teaching you about, about sex. I'm teaching you about yourself, your body. Because knowledge is essentially power, isn't yes, it? Yes, but then, um, I still believe in the system where depending on i can i do think that children should have sex education from five years old because some of them even already understand or know their sexuality and or start thinking about sexuality at what age do you think they are are molested what at what age do you think children are molested is it five Yes, I think it could so. be one. Even it could be that, one. Yeah, it could be less thing. than that. But so as one, she is not he or she is not able to um, express, and it's even going to be harder. To, I think yeah. that they are already socialized by from the, most kids. Well, depending yeah. on where you're coming from, by five you are already in school. Yes, you have but met other then, children. You to some extent. Before and the so I can teach you about sex, but not in the degree of. You know, I have to break it down to the level that I think that yes. you would be able to yes. comprehend yes. your body and understand what is happening with your body so Thank that you. people do not abuse your body. Thank you. And at what age and, sh- and should that ages, happen? I think from, I would do from five years old. If and I I'm asking, and I'm asking, between two when they can talk and five. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? My, 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 my problem is this, right? As a society, we have infantilized children for too, too long. long. And it's because of our fantasy about kids. We they're, started they're, infantilizing children in the 19th century. Before then, you could find 12-year-olds who were working on coal mines. Yeah. Ex- wrong with that, right? Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So this is all part of like modern society. The idea of keeping children as young as... is because we have this fantasy that now that we started getting money small from the industrial era, <laughs> Start seeing children as this, like this 
baby toys we can we can we can send. Yeah. When in the past, master, they were already adults. By yeah. by twelve, they were already adults. Yeah. If it was a, a young girl, she was already about to get married. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally, literally. Mm-hmm. So infantilization in this modern era, I feel, is what is is causing all this miscommunication with with the the, the younger generation. We try and keep people who are younger than us as younger than us as possible mm-hmm. for, for as long as, as possible. possible yeah sure. <laughs> you get it even me at my age i'm still being uh, exactly you go and then your aunties will be like oh see they will be touching your cheeks this grown woman they are touching <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay um closing words and then um we'll call it a, a okay. podcast <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to touch on sorry if i'm talking a bit much but um you were talking about radio and television yeah. and so on. For a long time, for somebody who has been in the entertainment industry and more specifically in the fashion industry, I, it used to bother me the kind of censorship that is not done on our TV and our radio. For other advertising, I don't know if it's like capitalism or whatever, that has made this kind of freedom of expression to the extent that as long as you have money, you can come and see whatever you want. Mm-hmm. From I don't know, advertising mm-hmm. about um, pseudo-scientific things like mm-hmm. homeopathy, um, traditional medicine, mm, miracle water, so-called miracle water, yeah. anointing oil, God knows yeah. what else. Tradiobiters. Tradiobiters. Pun intended. <laughs> 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 exactly, yeah. all these bitters that uh, claim to be mm-hmm. uh, helping yeah. man boots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, um, for a long time, the chapter is to see your marketing. I don't know what exactly they do mm. because and then there are wars for it every year mm. and what what are they doing I mean, yeah but they, they are not mandated national, by government that's what, that's national what. communications authority is supposed to be so responsible for what is communicated on or is it just anybody can pay so, money and is it that kind of so let me touch on two things right and and then probably that will help you out right so the food and drugs board now authorizes it has to authorize your adverts yeah, when it comes to adverts about food or drugs, they have to authorize anything that is consumed. They have to they have to authorize the adverts because then they have to make sure that you are not miscommunicating mm-hmm. or, uh, or miseducating the public. The National Communications Authority, right, is supposed to provide guidelines. They are mandated to provide guidelines on what can be said or what cannot be said, right? But then they've dropped the ball. So many times over the years and I don't blame them they are underfunded I don't blame them. look I, I I speak to people in, in 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 places of power there are some areas where I just do not want to blame them I also see them as being more reactionary when people complain than being active so if you want change in a particular area this is what I'm going to advise make noise about about it get them uncomfortable they have the authority but they, is there the difference between authority and mandate <laughs> it's like they, they've been given the the authority but they don't have the capacity to do it but if, if you if you if you put pressure yeah. more yes if you do that it's not just that imagine all the and again you're right capitalism all the all the as long as you can pay for it you can get airtime you can come and preach you can come and talk your talk, insult people all you want. But then the national, um, the NCA is supposed to have guidelines that says, oh, okay, 
you cannot say this on air you cannot promote hate speech on air you cannot do this and then it's more civil it's not criminal you will be the station will be fined mm-hmm. and blah 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 you get it mm-hmm. it's not it's not like somebody has to go to jail for it mm-hmm. huh. but the things that we take as a society that we take so personally um one love coming out you know that incident on, on delay show yeah became so much of a topic than what we see every day that nobody's even complaining yeah. about uh, your, your, that is what your, our talks sense. about the kind of society we are See, our collective sensibilities are not your personal sensibilities that's what you have to recognize that you, you live in a country one of 95 percent um, religiosity right mm-hmm. number two the kind of um, things you support, the kind of rights you support, half of the country will stone you for it if, if, if they could stone you for it. You get it? Uh-huh. So you are living in a unique liberal bubble and you have to you have to admit it. Once you admit it, you, you then be able to say, okay, fair enough. This is the paradigm I find myself in. What are the tools I can use to change the paradigm? You get it? All right, um, final words, Malik. Malik is um, shaking his head. Um, he's, he's not had his green tea yet. Uh, uh, justice. Um, so I had to say that there's a national media commission who is supposed to regulate um, media work in Ghana, okay. and I think they've been back and forth on whether they could do certain regulations because in the constitution there's um, an, a freedom of expression, and also their argument is everybody enjoys freedom of expression. Yes. But you have to watch what you say. And I think it's been a running battle with them, the media organization and the media commission. It's gone to the Supreme Court and they lost also. So I think with censorship, uh, it moves from, say, um, the socialization of the people and what they think is right or wrong at the, at the political time. Yeah. So maybe um, during Kumar's era, because they were radical and they, they needed power they could say certain things and go away with it but now uh, people say we are more religious and we need to check our speech and all that but i feel it all boils down to who is controlling the media and what is the message that they are pushing so if if you want to have speech and it means you have to also play part of the game and also influence your people through your means of saying what you want to say to them. Malik? Um, I think that freedom of speech is not something that should necessarily be censored. But like Aida was saying earlier, that you should be aware that you're responsible for whatever you say and that because you're responsible, you can be held accountable Mm -hmm. for um, the kind of things that you put out. Mm -hmm. But so long as, what's it called, it's not harming anyone that's not encouraging hate or violence or discrimination and you are being held accountable I don't see the problem with that. Atto? If you're going to fight for freedom of speech, you have to realize that it's still a fight. So, again, whoever has the biggest gun in the fight (laughs) will most likely win. It's it's like he was talking about uh, who controls the media, controls the speech. Uh, it's the same thing. Uh, right now, uh, what's it called? Right wing people are up in arms about Facebook and mm-hmm. whatnot. Well, these things were created by liberals. Yes. Yeah, like social media was created mm-hmm. by liberals and whatnot. Create more platforms where you can get your message across, across. because you control it 
and then that's your bigger gun. Mm. So if you if you think that freedom of speech is important, get a bigger gun and fight for it. That's it. Mm. Talking about guns, eh? Um, <laughs> right. So I it, I just want to conclude with this that um, there is more power in social currency than there is in legislation. Um, legislation can just drag on for life for, for, for a long time, and things can be lost through the courts. But social currency is something that we all have as a people. So we do not need censorship. All we need is to have a, a consensus. Is that even a word? <laughs> yeah. We need a people with a conscience. We need a people who recognize the humanity of their fellow. And once we have that, whoever goes awry, whoever tries to abuse the freedom of speech, freedom of expression, will face the social annihilation that they deserve. And we don't need a government for that. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And as always, see you next time. This has been the Hacktivist Podcast. As always, think for yourself and care for others. You can find the Hacktivist Podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook at Hacktivist. The Hacktivist Podcast is brought to you by the Humanist Association of Ghana. Find out more on www.ghanahumanists.org.